Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Welcome back to Truck Tech, everyone. It's good to see you. You know, we're back here at home in Nunica, Michigan this week after three episodes out on the road in Cleveland and Boston and uh, and and before that in Detroit. And uh, so we're we're back where we belong, I guess. The the idea this week is that even though it's a bit of a quirk of schedule, you know, we spent last week in Boston and we uh, dealt heavily with the folks at Daimler Truck and their Capital Market Day. Interestingly, and again, it's a quirk of schedule, but we have Roger Nielsen this week, who is the former uh, CEO of uh, Daimler Truck North America. We haven't uh, talked to Roger in a while. It's going to be great to hear what he's been up to in retirement. And believe me, he's been busy. Um, it is interesting, too, that uh, you know w- when he retired in 2021, he promised his wife that he would take 30 days before, uh, before getting busy outside the house. Um, we'll find out if he kept that pledge. But also... Um, you know, he has most recently been named the chairman at Proterra Incorporated. Now, those of you who watch the show know that we had uh, Gareth uh, Joyce, the uh, CEO of Proterra, on a few weeks ago to talk about what's happening in the company. So we'll talk a little bit about Proterra, but they are in a quiet period right now. So, you know, in advance of earnings, so we won't get too deep into that with Roger, but we will ask him about some of the work he's been doing with uh, mobility startups. Uh, he's uh, on the direct uh, board of directors of four of them uh, right now. But before we get to all of that, let's uh, hit a few headlines here. Earlier today, we learned that uh, Nikola, in fact, now has its share authorization path made to increase its number of shares to 1.6 billion from 800 million. Um, this wasn't the shareholders who did it for them, but rather uh, the governor of Delaware. He signed off on a legislative change there, a regulation change that will allow Nikola to begin to, uh, uh, you know, uh, both authorize and then sell. New shares. Now, of course, they have some debt to pay. They've got interest on a $200 million uh, uh, loan from a hedge fund Antera, uh, Antera Capital uh, that they need to pay for. They also have a, a, a truck, the uh, fuel cell uh, tray that goes into production this quarter. So they need the money. They now have a, a path to get it. And uh, you've seen a tremendous run up in their stock price over the last month, uh, almost uh, four times what it was. So, uh, you know, maybe they're around for a while. After all, we've got people out there who think they're going to go away and they haven't done that. You know, it's interesting, too, speaking of hanging around and, and actually doing better than that, Aurora Innovation is uh, going to the capital markets now. They are going to sell $200 million worth of stock to the public, but they've also arranged a private placement uh, worth $600 million to the company, all of which presumably will go to scale up their autonomous business. Um, uh, they have partnerships with... Uh, with PACAR and with Volvo and, uh, you know, are targeting 2024 to begin driverless trucking uh, commercialization or, uh, you know, some routes in in, uh, in Texas. And finally, uh, Volvo and uh, Westport Fuels are um, getting together in a joint venture. This is a not a big venture and not really material to Volvo, but it's important for Westport 
because their last joint venture in the natural gas space uh, ended with Cummins back in 2021. This new venture will focus both on the um, on on the uh, H, uh, HPDI fuel system, which is uh, intended to uh, it's a direct injection system for uh, a number of fuels. They can do renewable natural gas, CNG, and uh, LNG, and eventually probably hydrogen. We've been hearing a lot about hydrogen ice uh, fuels fuel systems. So uh, watch for that. Uh, Volvo has been using Westport's uh, HPDI for about five years now. So uh, there's a, a new venture aborning there. Okay. So let's bring in uh, Roger Nielsen now. He's a veteran of Daimler Truck for four years plus as the CEO and uh, 16 years before that as the chief operating officer. And, and even the career itself dates back to the mid 80s. Roger, welcome to Truck Tech. It is great to see you. Ah, thanks, Alan. Thank you for the invitation to join you today. Oh, well, it's great. I, I just, I really appreciate the fact that we stayed in touch since you left uh, Daimler back in 21 and uh, not weekly or anything, but, you know, we are in touch with each other. So it's, it's great. And, you know, I, I mentioned in the open that, that, you know, you had promised your wife that she'd give it 30 days before you went and did something else after you left Daimler back in April of 21. Um, how'd you do on that promise? I think I made it almost to day 29. But uh, <laughs> that that siren song of trucking just kept me coming back and coming back. And, you know, I left Daimler to truck at a time when we were doing the hive down from Mercedes. And it was such an exciting time with battery electric coming out, autonomous coming out. I just had a, I had a hard time just giving that up and walking away from that. Yeah. Well, we know how busy you have been. I mean, I've actually probably written once or twice about some of the activities that you've taken on. And, and of course, the most recent one, and we'll get to this, is uh, you know, maybe your your hopes and your thinking about Proterra. And I, I realize, as I also said, that there's not a lot we could talk about in terms of numbers, uh, given that we're just before second quarter earnings. But uh, we'll come back to that. I, I'd really love to talk about or start talking about your advisory work. And, you know, I can only imagine, honestly, and this, uh, uh, I mean this sincerely, that getting someone of your caliber in any capacity would be a win for a startup. And you've uh, uh, lied with four of them, as best I can tell. You've got AI Fleet, GPR, Safe AI and Nodar, um, all of that, and then of course Proterra on top of it. Uh, what was appealing, Roger, about these particular companies? Yeah, well, let's take the first or the latter three, which are all in autonomous. And as we addressed autonomous and the business case behind autonomous trucking, we we always running into that action, which is the trucks aren't smart enough. We don't have the right sensor stack. We don't have the um, basically the right intelligence and the right staff to put it together. And uh, through our work with venture capital firms, I came across these three. Um, Nodar, which is using um, stereo cameras to do long distance perception. You know, they're seeing out a thousand meters, you know, a brick that's what uh, four inches tall. Um, GPR, which is using ground penetrating radar to look down into the earth for uh, the fingerprint of uh of the subterranean materials to be able to figure out where it is. And the third one, Safe AI, which is using on-highway technology, off-highway in mining and construction, uh, an operating domain in which we can use the technology that we have today without, let's say, the restrictions that come with moving vehicles autonomously um, with the rest of the community uh, that you find on highway. So that was was appealing. Uh, Daimler did me a favor and said I had to stay out of on-highway trucking for 18 months. And so I said, hey, here's a chance to continue my passion 
was autonomous. And so these three companies actually uh, came to me through some venture capital discussions. And I decided, hey, I'm going to invest my time and my energy and in some cases, my money uh, into seeing these companies bring their technology forward. Well, you've got a director position in each of them, but I have to believe that more than just a sort of a passive director role, you, you're actually, you know, sharing some of what you've learned over your career. I mean, that that would be why I would want you around, certainly. Um, what what, uh, what what kind of things are you able to share with them? And are the messages common or, or are they different enough businesses that they require sort of a customized advising? Yeah, each of them are a little bit different. They're each at a different stage. Some are you know, just really at the startup stage doing Series A, and some are, we're looking, talking about doing Series C uh, financing around. So, but for sure, each of them come with their challenges, which is how do you take a prototype from the garage and industrialize it? How do you get a customer to commit? And how do you survive that time between the commitment and series production? And with that then comes everything we've learned in over the years in Daimler, which is how do you run a company cost efficiently? How do you continue to motivate people through the ups and downs and so forth? So it's been it's been fun working with these companies to prepare them to basically enter the big leagues. Well, and you know, you mentioned that Daimler did you a favor, as you put it, by keeping you away from on-highway trucking for 18 months. You didn't even mention the AI fleet yet. Um, did did that one sort of fall into that um, uh, that 18-month uh, window there? Yeah, it actually fell right outside the window, but it's a trucking company. Okay, so it was, it was, I, I could have joined them from the very beginning. Um, one of the, you know, through the, over the years, I made a lot of friends in the trucking business with, you know, the, all the big fleet owners and executives. And a few of them came to me as I was retiring and said, whatever you do, don't, don't join the board of an old time trucking company. You'll get the offers. And sure enough, they came. People say, hey, do you like to join us on our board? And he says, you'll be bored to tears. You'll find something, if you want to stay in trucking, find something that's exciting. This is where AI fleet came along. Small company, young startup, hard to hate, had oh, less than 10 trucks. Um, and using technology, artificial intelligence and machine learning, they've put together a whole transportation management stack to run their own trucking company, more profitable, more miles and better driver retention than any company I've ever come in contact with. <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. How, how is it that, you know, and you, you know, Daimler puts tremendous value on the customer relationship. You hear from everybody that, you know, that, that you associate with at Daimler. And I know that was true of you. And I, I still remember, you know, when, uh, you know, when you were picking country acts for the, uh, uh, you know, for your customer event, uh, we kind of glad that John O'Leary's got a different director personally, but, 
you know, you did a great job with that. But those customer events, Roger, were so special because it was sort of not just a reward for them, but it was a way for you to get around and, you know, I guess press the flesh and, and, and things like that in a non, you know, business setting, right? Exactly. No, they, the American Trucking Association, the customer appreciation event that we'd had on Monday night, you know, started in 1995 with Elton John. And it was a mm-hmm. great chance to, for trucking company executives to come together without the pressure of business. And, with, and for us, without the pressure of business. Sure enough, on the side, maybe we'll have business meetings and so forth, but it gave us a chance uh, to meet the executives in a different environment, have a little bit of fun, show them we appreciated them, and give them something that maybe they otherwise wouldn't have access to. Sure. Well, I understand that uh, a lot of times the decision was based on on perhaps what the spouses would want to hear as much as what the truckers would want to hear. Is the truth to that? Um, absolutely. Absolutely. My my wife was always involved and narrowed it down. I mean, you can tell she's a country Western fan. So, um, right. but the truth be told, Bon Jovi was on the top of my list for the next one. And through all everything, John was able to pick them up for the last customer appreciation event. So, I take a little bit of credit for that. Well, you you realized last year it was Billy Joel. I mean, that gets back into that whole year before it was Bon Jovi. Yeah, that's right. It, yeah, in Nashville, and and it's interesting. I'm not going to spend too much time here, but it's interesting that you know the guessing games go on and on and on, and 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 nobody gets it right. Um, it's such a small, closely held secret, but uh, but it is one of the highlights of of the ATA, uh, uh, you know, management uh, event. I want to I want to go back to autonomous Roger because you said that you know three of the companies that you're you know uh, directing or being a director for and advising. I want to ask you a little bit about the overall ecosystem for autonomous trucking. You know we're seeing that inevitable shakeout now, but also at least a couple of companies that that are getting past rough patches, notably Aurora Innovation, which I mentioned in the headlines, and then of course you know Torque Robotics has uh, Daimler Truck Resources behind it, so you'd have to say it's at least somewhat insulated. But how surprised are you um, at what we've been seeing? You know, the examples of Embark trucks sort of going away and too simple considering, you know, an exit from, from the U.S. market. Yeah. what If you look at the common denominator with the companies that are still in the business or let's call them looking towards success, they all have a partnership with the truck, you know, a truck OEM. That full integration into the electronics of the vehicle is critical to have a success. You can't reverse engineer your autonomous driving stack uh, into an OEM who's, who's giving you the, you know, the palm and saying, hey, I don't want to cooperate. You just can't do it and make the truck operate properly or safely. And um, so Aurora, um, Torque, Waymo, uh, Kodiak, to some extent, have these partnerships with the truck OEMs. And those that are looking at have exited or looking to exit the market didn't have that uh, partnerships. Well, and it's interesting that, you know, it's private and it's active, the Kodiak is, and, and Don Burnett is a pretty sharp guy. He'll be with us actually next week on the show. Uh, there's really? one plug. I'll, I'll do more, Roger, I promise. But <laughs> he's a great guy. But, he's a great guy. He's a great guy and, uh, and really, really smart. Um, in fact, his wife might be smarter. She actually does the camera work at uh, Apple. I don't know if you knew that. But oh, uh, I didn't know that. Anyway, she directs. Yeah, she directs the camera that's in your phone. Um Anyway, uh, I, I, I wanted to ask because, you know, Kodiak doesn't have a direct partnership, but they do have the sort of the first big order, if you will, from, again, it's a startup in, in Lodesmith, but, but, you know, Brett Suma has a lot of background from his days at night. And, uh, you know, he felt like, you know, that was the, the place to go. So, so you are starting to see an emergence of certain companies now, 
And I think at the end of the day, there's room in the market for all those. It's not the first mover takes us at all. And uh, I think you kind of see my former employer's approach with both Torque and Waymo going at it. Um, the fleets are at the end of the day are going to select. And will they select one? Will they select two? We're not sure yet. But for sure, uh, we'd be at, like we've always had a opportunity to provide a customer a Cummins engine or a captive engine in the past, Caterpillar or whatever. Um, they still want that choice. And I think you see that same choice is being made in the Thomas driving systems. And I think the, the battle is still to be won out there to see who's going to have the best, who's going to be first to market. But nonetheless, I think if you look out 10 years from now, I pull out a crystal ball, I think you'll see three or four different stacks out there all being successful. You uh, uh, have the two, or I should say you, Daimler has the, the two partners, uh, the two companies, one that's in, you know, uh, integrated uh, uh, in- integrated subsidiary that you had a big hand in bringing on back in 2019 Hello. in Torque, and then of course the the deal with Waymo. And I think there was certainly on my part some confusion over what the difference was. But then, as you said, when you look at sort of how you do Detroit engines and Cummins engines that offer the choice to your customers, it makes more sense. Um, I, I am curious though um, if you see as the you know integrated chassis gets farther and farther along. Do you see that being offered really to sort of other uh, companies called a Kodiak? I mean, if you want to, because they don't have a direct partnership. And I, you know, they always point out to me, Roger, that, you know, look, it's not exclusive. There's not exclusivity in these things. Perhaps with Torque and Daimler there is. But but I think, you know, from a, from a uh, you know, acquisition standpoint, do you see these uh, integrated chassis perhaps being made available sort of in the free market, if you will? I would see it as a as the market moves and the customers come in and say, hey, this is my autonomous driving stack that I want to work with, I think you see the pressure from the customers. Say, hey, I would like to use, you know, stack A with a uh, with a Packard truck and Packard says, we'll, we'll say yes. And like Dymo will probably say yes. But I think first we have to prove it out. But I think the day yeah. will come where that interchangeability will be there. Um, the industry is is leading or leaning towards a common operating system with a lot of uh, OEMs using Apex AI as their core operating system. I think you'll see that uh, ability to interface different systems, different OEMs, electronic systems become much, much easier as we head into the next decade. Do you, uh, you know, it's interesting that ZF, which was the original uh, e-axle supplier on the, the, the first version of the eCascadia, and now I guess that's really kind of come, become a Mercedes-Benz uh, uh, product uh, this time. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting that ZF um, is starting to talk about, and you'll read this, here's my second plug, in Friday's newsletter, that they're beginning to think that there's some slowdown in the autonomous, level four autonomous space. Now, it's interesting that it was plus of all people, which is really a level two autonomy supplier that brought this to my attention. But ZF actually thinks that there is a bit of a slowdown. And part of the reason is because of the resource demand for electrification. You know, we've got regulations driving that, whereas, you know, maybe not so much on the autonomous side. No, you're absolutely correct. I mean, the regulatory environment, especially in Europe, that is forcing zero emissions vehicles onto the road is a huge consumer of capital. There's only so much capital. And you would just came off the capital market day and you know how Daimler is using their capital, including for share buybacks. At the end of the day, they will be out of business if they don't get zero emissions vehicles on the road. And they will, of course. But the costs uh, to be able to do that, um, not only to uh, do the development work, but to industrialize it, um, have are 
definitely higher than when we first went into the program and set our strategy. So I think sure. you're going to see these, um, say optional programs like autonomous are going to have to take second priority. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And I, it, it was interesting because I wasn't sort of going to take Plus's word for it. I thought I really should talk to ZF. And so I did. And they said, yeah, this is what's going on. So, you know, this is what the customers say. This is what, you know, they need to do. So let's talk for just a moment to the extent that you can about Proterra. You came on, I think, in June as the uh, as the chairman following up. Uh, uh, oh, gosh, I'm not good with names without looking at them. Yeah, Jack uh, Allen. Right Jack Allen, Jack thank Allen. you. Jack's good name. And I apologize, Jack. I should have remembered you. But uh, you, you succeeded Jack in that role. You're quite familiar with Proterra. I believe that the Daimler investment in Proterra came on your watch. Um, Correct. Tell me a little bit, uh, if you can, about sort of the state of Proterra as you see it right now. Obviously, they're providing for Daimler, the 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 uh, system for the Julie Boss and the front and our custom chassis MT50E. Um, had Gareth Joyce on the show a few weeks ago. He said the company, uh, you know, is is in pretty good shape. We. But again, we're not going to talk about numbers, but I do want to ask you a little bit about first your impressions of what you've seen since you've sort of been in the chairman role, if you can share that. Yeah. You know, Proterra has this history as an electric city bus company, you know, started in 2004, FTA funding, put buses on the road in 2008. And then somewhere around 2016, 17, the interest came for their battery technology. So what you see is a company in this transition from being a, a city bus OEM to becoming a battery pack supplier to the commercial vehicle industry. That's a big cultural change. But uh, you'll see that with this continuous growth we're having in supplying battery packs, I think we're almost up to 2,000 systems on the road today. That part of the business is becoming very dominant with, under the Proterra roof. Um, city yeah, bus I, is a pretty Head up there, and I know you've been there, right? I mean, but I had a chance to tour uh, Powered One uh, in Greer in South Carolina uh, just a few mm-hmm. weeks ago. Um, took an hour out from vacation and and uh, had an opportunity to, to to go through it. And it looked to me like the mirror production line seems to be make a lot of sense. I mean, and I, again, I'm sure you've been there more than once. What's what's your mm-hmm. what's your take on on how that's coming together? Yeah, no, that's coming together great, and you see how we've been able to um, automate it not only to get capacity up. Um, and production levels up, but also to take costs out of the system and increase definitely the level of quality uh, that we put in the system. Uh, for example, uh, the welds on the batteries that were once ever you know inspected by hand with tweezers are now automatically tested and so forth. So it's actually brought together a higher level of quality, higher level of output at a much lower uh, per unit cost. Um, with additional systems going in, allows us to provide different configurations of battery packs and so forth. I think we're up to 39 different battery pack configurations we're able to provide. So definitely we introduced the flexibility onto those two lines that you saw down there um, to the greatest extent we could. And as you saw, half the facility is still empty. We have a lot of room to grow. Yep, I, I did see that. Um, you know, I want to ask you then also, and, and you said you didn't want to get the weeds and I don't want to either, but I'm going to talk about battery chemistry for a minute here. Uh, you know, Gar- uh, Gareth told me that, you know, Proterra is committed to L- uh, to to uh, uh, L- um, LMC, a battery chemist, uh, for now. But you did, uh, Proterra did invest in LFP, at least at, at some level. There's not a lot known about what, what you did there. What is your sense of truck use of LFP? And I, I know that 
you know, other than the Proterra, Daimler was committed to what cattle uh, provided, and it is a leader at LFP uh, technology or lithium ion phosphate. Yeah, going forward, you'll find Proterra will be agnostic to the chemistry. Okay, so this is the, I think we announced it in December that we definitely have, we have invested in a company that would provide LFP batteries to us. Um, it's definitely one of those discussions we have with customers, you know, but it really starts with don't decide on chemistry, decide on what application you're trying to serve and let us work with you to select the proper chemistry and battery pack for your application. And, um, and I think there's room in the marketplace for both NMC and LFP. Um, as we get further into, you know, fuel cell powered EVs and, and so forth, we'll have to see how that plays out. Exactly. But at the moment, I really think there's room in the market for both. I think what's important right now in the North American market, I mean, and definitely driven from the national agenda, is this domestic uh, production of batteries. And this is where check that box, right? I mean, Eric checks that box pretty strongly. And it's not only what we're concerned about, and this is, I guess, in my all, all my startup work, we're also concerned about where does the IP originate? You might be U.S. production, but are using foreign IP. And so this has also been a concern as we're going forward. And so we we play as strong cards there at Proterra to say, hey, this is you know battery technology, battery packs developed and produced here in America. And it gives us a head start on pushing the technology. But for sure, we believe to become a, say, a provider to wider, uh, say, a broader um, segments of the market, we definitely need to provide LFP as well as NMC in our battery packs. Sure. Well, Roger, we are, believe it or not, out of time already. I would go on another half hour with you, but we're not going to. Oh my gosh. I, I love this. I know. Isn't it amazing we're about done here? But uh, thank you so much for coming on Truck Tech. It, it is it's great to catch up with you. I look forward to staying in touch. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll do this again if the show lasts. Maybe we'll have you back on. But uh, wish you all the best at, at Proterra and with the companies that you're advising. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks, Alan. I appreciate the invitation. Yeah. Okay, folks, next week, as we mentioned, I think I was full of plugs today, but but next week, as we mentioned, we've got um, uh, Don Burnett from Kodiak Robotics and Brett Suma from uh, Loadsmith uh, coming on the show to talk about their recent deal under which uh, uh, Loadsmith will get 800 Kodiak systems by getting in 2025. So we will look forward to talking with them and we hope to look. Uh, we hope to see all of you next week here on Truck Tech. Thanks for joining. Yeah.